from the Mercy One Studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Straight Talk. It is your weekly dose of news from the diocese and around the world, plus commentary on tough issues that are impacting our lives. Straight Talk. You've got questions. We've got some answers for you. I'm Jean Wells, and so blessed that Mercy One uh, sponsors our studio and provides us this, um, this opportunity to connect with you every day. Uh, on so many shows that we have here locally and all of our national shows, it is truly a blessing for us. Uh, on today's show, Tom Chapman is joining us and, and uh, our Iowa legislature finally wrapped up with the COVID. They had to take a break and then they came back and, and wrapped up. And we're going to cover all of the things that, um, well, not all of them, there's way too many to count. Um, but we're going to talk about these things that passed the legislature that we were pleased with, um, the things that didn't pass, some Supreme Court stuff. Um, so we're going to take a peek at all of that. Now, disappointingly, the Protect Life Constitutional Amendment proposal that was HJR 2004 apparently did not have enough votes. Uh, to pass, so it was not brought up to the legislative leaders for debate. The amendment, if finally enacted by the people of Iowa, because it would have been a constitutional amendment, would not have stopped any abortions, but would have allowed the legislature to enact regulations on the procedure. Without such an amendment in place, the Iowa Supreme Court's 2018 ruling that declared abortion a fundamental right leaves the door open for taxpayer-funded abortions. In my humble opinion, the Iowa Supreme Court created law in 2018, and that cannot happen. There are three arms in government to allow for checks and balances, and the Iowa Supreme Court overstepped those bounds. There's a lot of good news, though, out of this session, and we're going to explore all of that with Tom Chapman here after our first break. But first, uh, some events. Looking forward to September, September 25th, Iowa Catholic Radio Golf Outing at Blank Golf Course. Uh, you avid golfers, I know you've been restricted somewhat, but you're going to want to register and get your foursome registered today at iowacatholicradio.com. Uh, Christ Our Life Conference is also in September, the 26th and 27th. Now, those of you that are a little nervous, uh, don't need to be nervous. The um, Iowa Events Center is doing a good job in helping us uh, create um, a safe environment for all of our attendees. Now, I'm personally looking forward to Father uh, Don Calloway. We've all made bad choices, and boy, did Father Don make his share of them. He'd been affiliated with the Foreign Mafia. Uh, to drug use. He was incarcerated, but there's always hope. And his conversion brings him to us with a deep devotion to St. Joseph, the Virgin Mary, Divine Mercy, and the Holy Rosary. For tickets, you can go online to ChristOurLifeIowa.com 
just got a text that we're uh, postponing our golf outing. So folks, you're going to have to golf on your own. Sorry, but put down uh, June of 2021. Uh, we'll get something then. Uh, in news, though, the riots continue to top the news. Oh, man. And in St. Louis, a group of Catholics peacefully praying by the statue of St. Louis were attacked, literally attacked by protesters while they were praying the rosary and singing. Now, Father Stephen Shoemaker, he was a newly ordained priest in 2019. He tried to provide a history lesson on the impact St. Louis had on the community from establishing hospitals and even caring for lepers himself. But he was shouted down by protesters from uh, the Black um, Lives Matter uh, group and the Regional Muslim Action Network group. Those two were sponsoring their protest. Uh, one from the Muslim Action Network quoted, our number one, or said, quote, our number one mission is to take that statue down. And video shows others being physically attacked during the protest, including an elderly gentleman with a cane. There is no reason, there is no reason for this violence. Oh, I, I, my heart's just broken for them, um, for their souls. In other equally disturbing news, in the wake of a gene editing experiment gone wrong, the president of the National Catholic Bioethics Center said that the church must stand firm against the unborn being sacrificed on the altar of scientific research, unquote. Last week, science publication 1-0 reported of an experiment where scientists deleted a gene from human embryos and later realized the edited embryos also contained significant unintended edits that could lead to birth defects or other major medical issues later in life. So of course the embryos were then destroyed. A professor of molecular and cell biology at the University of California in Berkeley told 1-0, there's no sugarcoating this. This is a restraining order for all genome editors to stay the living daylights away from embryo editing. It's terrible what they're talking about because gene editing for embryos, because it's germline changes, meaning that if these children survive, their children, this will be passed on. It's like changing the biology of the human being, the DNA of human beings. So much to pray for folks. We have got to get on our knees and pray for this. Hey, when we come back, we're gonna be visiting with Tom Chapman, executive director of the Iowa Catholic Conference with a legislative update from the Iowa legislature this year, including some of the things that Governor Reynolds signed yesterday. It's time for Straight Talk, right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. 
Com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. According to a 2019 Global Food Security Report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help all of them. Most of us can help one. One child. Your gift of $1 a day through Blessman International provides a child in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. To get started, go to BlessmanInternational.org and click Sponsor a Child. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports 365 is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling Catholic graduate, and Dr. Todd Pedig. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Welcome back to Straight Talk and Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, Tom Chapman's joining me today, and he is the executive director for the Iowa Catholic Conference. Uh, <laughs> I always have Tom on at the end of the legislative session, and you're a month and a half late, Tom. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you were. You were just yeah, not my fault. around, I suppose. <laughs> yep. Working, working at the office, working at home like everybody else. So, like everybody else, we we've zoomed more than we ever knew that word meant. <laughs> oh my gosh, is it that the case? Yeah, yep. I've got my. So the legislative session was. Uh, they were all sent home March sixteenth, and then they came back when, like, in June, right? June third. Yeah, June third. So, and then ended uh, on the fourteenth. Boy, that was a yep. busy couple of weeks. Yeah, it was. Although, you know, really the main things they had to do were the budget and then mm-hmm. resolve some of the issues around some of the abortion legislation and uh, some, you know, some liability protection for businesses because of the pandemic. Uh, those were some things that got resolved as well as the voting rights issue for people coming out of prison. And we can talk yeah. about those things. Yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about all of those. 
Yeah, um, I mean, there were issues that passed. There were things that passed on the last day, which were surprising to me. Things that didn't make it past, you know, go on the monopoly yep. board. And uh, we also want to talk about some of these Supreme Court things. So let's let's delve into it. I when I sent you the the outline of things that I wanted to cover, I'm like, okay, I need a three hour show here because we're not going to get through all of this. <laughs> I don't think so. That's the that's the fact. Well, I want to I want to update our listeners um, for those that don't keep their finger on the pulse of what's happening at the state house. I mean, I'm I'm so grateful for the Iowa Catholic Conference and your communications to us so that we um, we do stay in tune. So let's talk about first one of the, the nice surprises, and that's the 24-hour waiting period before an abortion. Now, I, I haven't seen, I've been so swamped lately, I haven't seen what the nuances of, of this bill is. I mean, does this mean that after an abortion is scheduled, they have to wait 24 hours or does this mean they have to be able to see an ultrasound first and then there's 24 hour waiting period? What are the nuances of this? Well, yeah, it's a, there just simply has to be a 24 hour waiting period once um, that decision is made uh, by the woman. And so then you have to wait for 24 hours to give people just some extra time to, you know, think about this decision, which of course is a very important decision and, has life and death implications. Uh, the state already has a uh, ultrasound requirement um, that was passed three years ago that simply said that a woman would have an opportunity to look at an ultrasound before the abortion would take place. So this 24-hour waiting period was added by the legislature. Um, they debated that overnight on June 14th, early morning hours, and ultimately it passed both chambers and was signed yesterday by the governor. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Planned Parenthood and ACLU already filed suit against that law. Oh, and I no. think we might, really? Oh, surprise, yeah. What a shock. I think we might hear today, you know, whether they'll get an injunction on the waiting period, period or not. I expect to hear today. They filed that in Johnson County District Court. And so um, there's a possibility that that law will be um, not come into effect. And then I assume it will be kind of uh, appealed up the ladder and maybe even gets to the Iowa Supreme Court. Which that would be, there are different folks on the Supreme Court than there were in 2018. Yeah, I mean, really our top priority for the year in this area was to get a constitutional amendment proposal, you know, passed for the first time, which would make sure that our state constitution does not contain a right to an abortion. You know, it would just simply state that there's no right to an abortion because that was in response to our Iowa Supreme Court in 2018 finding that our constitution had a fundamental right to an abortion, which no one else had seen before, but they found that. And so we were trying to get an amendment that would clarify that piece. Unfortunately, they just make it out of what committee? Yeah, no, it did. It passed the Senate, uh, passed out of the House committee, and it was ready for debate on the floor, but there just weren't quite enough votes to get it passed, you know, on the floor. So then kind of at the last minute, the Iowa House looked at a different proposal, which was the 24-hour waiting period proposal. So does that mean then that 
um, it it is dead in the water, or can it come back this next session next year? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, where great we are question. Election cycle. Yeah, great question. A constitutional amendment in Iowa, you have to pass it through both chambers in two separate sessions, which are two-year sessions. So it could definitely come back in 2021, and then we would have to come back and pass it in 2023 or 2024 before it would go to a vote of the people of Iowa. So definitely that's something that's still on our list of things that we hope and you know pray that we can accomplish because it needs to be done. Um, there also is a possibility uh, if this 24-hour waiting period gets to the Iowa Supreme Court, they may, you know, go back a little on their recent decision because they do have some different judges there. But really, to take care of the issue, it needs to be a constitutional amendment. Okay, because that way it won't ever. Once it's an amendment, then it's it's good to go. Yeah, it's in place then. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so that was good news, bad news, but we'll take the good yep. news. Yeah. Yeah, no, we'll always take good news. I mean, our our goal has always been to try to, even if it's incremental in nature and if we can save a few lives along the way, that's worth doing. And I think it's been shown in some other states that where you do have a waiting period, and most states do have a waiting period. Iowa hasn't, but most states do. If you have that, that can tend to save some lives. And so it's a, it's good public policy. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to um, an issue that is near and dear to my heart, and that is around the school tuition organizations with uh, uh, the Catholic tuition organization, which who I work for is one of them. And there was legislation that passed and is on the governor's desk right now that uh, is something we have been working towards. Well, you've been working towards for a number of years. We in support of your effort. And that is this escalator clause that allows the amount of tax credits to automatically increase um, by 10% each year, um, as long as the previous year, 90% of the tax credits were allocated. So that takes that would take us probably five years, if all is well, to get up to the 20 right. million cap that they included. So um, explain, I want to hear your definition of how tax credits work, <laughs> because I explain well, it all the time. And yes. I think when people hear it and recognize it for the first time, they're like, oh, well, I should be giving to that. <laughs> well, so yeah, absolutely. Tax yeah, tax credits are in place to encourage donations. So if I give a donation to the school tuition organization, um, I will get a 65% tax credit, which means I'll get 65% um, off of my Iowa taxes on that donation. So I would give $1,000 and I'd get $650 off my Iowa taxes. That's a tax credit. And there's a lot of tax credits in the Iowa code, um, some for donations and some for businesses on their expenses, things like that. But it's a but way this for- this is the best one. Well, it's actually, it's the highest tax credit in terms of percentage of your donation. Um, and so a 65% tax credit, once you- you know, allow for some other things, it's a very beneficial gift, you know, and you're doing the right thing. I mean, in my opinion, people, you know, can give to scholarship funds, and that's a good thing, no matter if you get a tax credit or not, right? But if you can get 65% back in your donation, that's a wonderful thing. And so it's a way for the legislature to encourage donations. And these donations, you know, are, of course, in your example, go to students who attend non-public Catholic schools. 
Um, and so we're very glad to have that program. We've been working for an escalator clause uh, for quite a while. We're happy to have that. And they're also with a cap on corporate donations, you know, the percentage of donations that could come from corporations. That cap was removed. And so hopefully we can get a few additional corporate donations. So it was a good year for school tuition organizations. So it's this is a part of the budget bill and it's on Governor Reynolds' desk to sign. Now, is she known to do any line item vetoes where she might actually take out this increase? Um, you know, she could do that, but I don't see any uh, pathway to her wanting to do that. She's been very supportive of the school tuition organization tax credit program, and I anticipate that it'll be signed with the rest of the bill. I don't think there'll be mm -hmm. any problems with that. But, Gene, we do have some breaking news this morning from the U.S. Supreme Court. I just saw an email come over, too, so do share. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good decision by the United States Supreme Court, and they held today that if a state offers financial assistance to private schools, it cannot discriminate between secular and religious schools. It has to allow that benefit to the religious schools as well. So the good news is, is that um, this was a case that came from Montana, where the Montana Constitution says you cannot give state money to re religious schools. But the Supreme Court said, no, that's against the federal Constitution. Uh, the Supreme Law of the Land condemns discrimination against religious schools and the families whose children attend them. They're members of the community, too, and their exclusion from the scholarship program is odious to the Constitution and cannot stand. So that really is a big win uh, for religious schools and scholarship programs. And really, that should lay to rest any questions that we have about the constitutionality of Iowa's school tuition organization program. This was a really uh, great decision for school choice from the Supreme Court. That is fabulous news. You know, it, it was always baffling to me that um, when a parent is, is willing to pay the tuition, that then the other benefits that a student might be able to receive, they were going to be excluded because it was a, a, a non-public school. That just seemed crazy to me. Well, that's uh, the Supreme Court agrees with you. And so I think it really calls into a question a lot of State constitutions have what are known as Blaine Amendments, which forbid any aid, you know, to sectarian schools, which basically that meant Catholic schools when they founded those amendments. And I think the Supreme Court went a long way to getting rid of those. And so it doesn't say the state has to support private schools. It just says if you do support private schools, it's certainly okay to put religious schools in that. Right. So we're very pleased by that decision. Wonderful. And how timely that it came in as we were talking about school legislation. You heard it well, here first we heard, on Iowa Catholic Radio. <laughs> that's right. We've been waiting for this decision for a couple of years, of course, and hoping we'd get a, a decision very similar to what we actually got. So that was the good news on that. That's wonderful. Hey, let's talk about um, moving on to a different subject, the felons voting rights. So we're one of two states that um, do not allow felons who have completed their their um, their time in prison and have been released um, that we were one of two states that did not allow them to vote. And I know the Iowa Catholic Conference was in favor of this to reinstate their rights, but it fell short on the votes, yet 
I think the governor is going to do something. What's the status of that? Uh, well, the status of that is apparently the governor will issue an executive order providing uh, voting rights to go back to people who have committed felonies and have served their sentence. And so actually we're down to the only state where it automatically they, those folks cannot vote. Um, okay. There were efforts, once again, to change the Iowa's Constitution because this was an Iowa's Constitution. There were efforts to have an amendment to change that to allow this voting rights. Um, we worked on that. I've come to find we worked on it off and on for decades, actually. And it did pass the Iowa House and, but, and was up for consideration in the last hours of the session. And it did not come up for a vote in the Iowa Senate. So we were very disappointed by that. But part of the reason it didn't come up for a vote, I think, is because the governor said, well, I'll do an executive order. And so uh, the governor expects to issue an executive order restoring these rights, and uh, that should come anytime between now and the election. We don't know exactly when. But to be honest, it's very disappointing in the sense that it's better to enact an amendment and not be dependent on one person, you know, right. on an executive order. And we feel about executive orders in general that way. It's better to do it in the law and make it clear rather than to be dependent on a person. But we appreciate the governor's support for that measure, and she was a good supporter for that. It just didn't get across the finish line. Well, I just wondered how much, you know, there's this effort that the demands, uh, I think it's primarily the Black uh, Lives Matter movement that is demanding that this be done. And, and that's never a good tactic, in my opinion, to say, you know, you're right. gonna do this or we're gonna, who knows what they're gonna do. Right. Um, well, you know, I think that's in a factor in when, in when yeah. the governor may do an executive order. Well, it might be a factor. Um, it does provide pressure. You know, I've had some meetings at the Capitol and um, the protesters are there you know, chanting a good portion of the time. And so they have a right to, you know, make their opinion known and on this issue. And so I think it's possible that it puts some more additional pressure on the governor to do it soon. Um, this, you know, Black Lives Matter group is asking for it by July 4th. I suppose that could happen. We just don't know yet. I think it's um, safe to say that the governor will do it. It's just, we're just mm -hmm. kind of waiting on when. Okay. Hey, let's, uh, we're getting to the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, I'm going to give uh, Tom open forum on any other issues that um, are of interest that he wants to talk about. But then in particular, because that's, um, that's why we're going to need a three-hour show. Um, in particular, <laughs> then we're going to look at some of the Supreme Court decisions recently uh, around DACA, which is the Deferred Action uh, for childhood arrivals that uh, there was a ruling on, as well as uh, LGBTQ discrimination in the workplace and that uh, decision that recently came down. So lots yet to still talk about here on Straight Talk. This is Jean Wells. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. 
Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics. Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you. Online at mercydesmoines.org. Make plans August 3rd for the annual Dowling Catholic Golf Outing at Echo Valley Country Club. Proceeds benefit the Coppola Family Endowment, providing assistance to students who otherwise may not be able to receive a Catholic education. Shotguns start at 7.15 with a boxed lunch, snacks, and beverages on the course. Information on event sponsorships, contact Carolyn at 515-778-9676 and register your foursome online at dowlingcatholic.org slash golf dash outing. The annual Dowling Catholic Golf Outing at Echo Valley Country Club. Did you know you have a choice in your child's education? Smaller class sizes, dedicated teachers, a sense of community, and a caring learning environment, whether it's in the classroom or at home. Diocese of Des Moines Catholic Schools deliver the best value in education, and we offer tuition assistance to help you afford it. Learn more about how the Catholic schools in the Des Moines Diocese might be the right choice for your child. Visit dmdiocese.org schools. Need an experienced attorney for legal matters? I know a guy. Stephen C. Reed, attorney at law, is a proud supporter of Iowa Catholic Radio. Steve is a longtime resident of Iowa and is licensed to practice in all Iowa state and federal courts. He has years of experience in real estate law, wills, conservatorships, trusts, and estate planning. Steve's law office phone number is 515-224-1776. That's 515-224-1776. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio in Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited-release beers located off the bike trail south of Grace Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers to go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Some clouds around through the afternoon. That'll hold our temperature in the mid-80s. Wind will be a little bit gusty. Good chance of rain and thunderstorms overnight down to 72. More showers likely tomorrow, upper 80s. Weather is brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy. Outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Gene Wells, and my guest today is Tom Chapman. He's the Executive Director for the Iowa Catholic Conference, and we're doing a recap of what's happened at the state legislature. And um, with the session just wrapping up here in June, which is so unusual, uh, Tom, do you feel like you're on vacation in the middle of the session? 
Um, no, <laughs> no vacation <laughs> at this point. Lots going on, but I'm sure later this summer we'll we'll get a chance for that. Well, and I would assume that it was. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, for me, it was um, more work that was yeah. just different because now you're it, it's it's all very convoluted, and that makes a real well, challenge we, to try to get things we were, done in such a remote way. Yeah, and we were doing so much work with the federal advocacy around the pandemic relief legislation and how that affected, you know, church institutions, things like that. It, it really was busier than ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what are the other issues? I mean, we touched on what I, I think, uh, actually, we touched on the things that are the most important to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the host. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, the life issues, the school issues, and not just me, but to so many of our listeners that those are important issues. What are some of the other um, key issues that that you and the Iowa Catholic Conference is supportive of that didn't um, go where how you wanted them to go or did go, and, and they were just nuances that we were all grateful for? Well, I think, uh, you know, there's a couple things that, unfortunately, that our courts have so much to say about what is allowed by legislatures. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, you know, several things that are still kind of cooking in the courts with our priorities. Um, one is, you know, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, unfortunately struck down a Louisiana law that required physicians doing abortions to have admitting privileges at a nearby hospital. So we were very disappointed that the court took down that law. And so that really... Um, you know, I think kind of puts some boundaries on what state legislatures can do in terms of regulation of abortion, but that's something I think we're going to keep working on. Uh, there was a piece of good news at the Supreme Court at the federal level that they did at least temporarily block the ending of the DACA program, and that's the deferred action for childhood arrivals where there's a lot of undocumented people, young people who came here as children with their parents, um, DACA kind of stops them from being deported. And so that program is still in place, although we're still working at the federal level to try to get a more permanent legislative solution for DACA. And that's something where some of our people have been meeting with our uh, Iowa congressional delegate delegation to see if we can get some support for that. So far, we haven't really had good luck on that with our Iowa delegation, but we're going to keep working on it. And I think people will see you know, some additional action alerts come out you know, about that issue as well. Well, you know, it, being of German, English, and Scotch-Irish descent, you know, you yep. look at these issues, and until you know someone, it becomes an issue that it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's important. Well, I know Jessica that works at the diocese is a dreamer. Mm-hmm. That was their, the, the, shortened or the longer name, whatever, however you want to call it. Well, she was a dreamer and she was um, one of these DACA kids who came when she was little and now she's an adult. She's um, completing her education or has completed a lot of it already, I should say. She works at the diocese, wonderful young woman. And it's like, oh, why would we send these young adults back to their home country that they've never known Right. To live there when we, they were brought here, they didn't decide, they didn't say to their mom and dad, let's think about this. Let's think about whether we should really go to the United States illegally. 
you know, no, they were kids. So well, you multiply I, I thought, that by, I this, yeah. I thought the Supreme Court would make this a permanent solution for the Dreamers, but you're saying no? No, I mean, they were just kind of saying the way that the administration went about trying to get rid of the program was not according to law. And so I think the administration should, not should, but could still change that program or take it away. Um, and that would be very disappointing. And that's why we're really working to have legislation in place that would keep the program. Because what you've said about Jessica, you know, multiply that by hundreds of thousands of young people. And, you know, to what benefit really is it to de deport these people who have been in the United States virtually their whole lives and are contributing to our society? And it's, you know, it would be unjust to do that. Immigration is a very complex issue. Uh, we've been working on reforming our immigration laws for a long time, you know, to try to, you know, get the number of visas more in line with what the true labor flows are and try to have something that's more comprehensive in place. So people really do have a line to get here, you know, so there is some process. But right now, the number of visas is really inadequate for the amount of work that seems to be, you know, need to be done. So it's complex, but on this issue, it seems pretty clear that we'd like Congress to take action, support these young people, get something in the law to, to help them, and then we can move on to, you know, bigger discussions about what our immigration law should look like. I'm sorry, Tom, but I think it is if if the votes are not on whosoever party that wants to get it passed, they just create these stumbling blocks to make it be, um, to make it just stop. And it's like, where is the common sense that says we are going to work together to come up with the solution and not create these arbitrary roadblocks that leaves people's lives in limbo? Well, it's Solve very difficult. You've got two minutes. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Congress really doesn't have much accountability for anything because anything of substance that needs 60 votes, you know, to overcome a filibuster in the Senate, you know, it would be very difficult to get 60 votes to say that today is Tuesday. You know what I mean? It's hard for Congress to pass anything. That's a problem. It's difficult because the court gets involved in uh, looking at a lot of legislation that's been passed. And they end up, in some respects, in my opinion, being kind of a super legislature, you know, uh, for right or wrong. You know, sometimes you like your decision, sometimes you don't. But really, uh, I think in general, it would be better and healthier for our politics if Congress actually took votes and gave an up or down vote to things, and then there would be some accountability. Mm -hmm. This, you know, this issue of the DACA recipients should have been done in the law 10 years ago, but... We just can't get it together. You know, there can't be a solution that finds 60 votes. So uh, we're in a tough spot, but I think it's something we need to keep talking about what's just and what's unjust and having, you know, the Catholic people follow their conscience, learn what's going on, and then take action on it. I mean, what that's what we can do. Mm -hmm. Well, and some would say, well, if we had term limits, we wouldn't have this issue because people those that are elected would want to make sure that they were effective during their short time in the let in there as an elected official. Yeah, that's interesting. What do you think you know, on that? 
I don't know. Some, well, my personal opinion is I don't think it really solves everything. I know some states have it. I don't think their legislation is notably better than other states. I could see the argument for it uh, because it does kind of take the long view out of it and realize that their career is not going to, you know, be in that particular legislative body. But there's always another job they could run for, you know, things like that. So I'm not sure that really solves it. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Catholic Church is all around the world. We operate in all kinds of situations under monarchies and dictatorships and democracies. And so really what we try to do is people get people educated and participate in they can as they can and try to make things better. And we need uh, people in Congress who can follow their conscience and with party discipline, both at the state legislature and in Congress, that's very difficult. Well, and that's the key. And if, and if you are a person that runs for office that does follow their conscience, you know, you get pretty beat up and you have to have a pretty thick skin to stand up for what you believe in. And I think that stops a lot of people from running for office. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I think that's true. And uh, party discipline is enforced. And, you know, in some respects, it's necessary so you can keep the bodies moving forward. But um, there's not as much room for conscience as one would like. Yeah. Folks, if you want to stay up to date on what's happening, especially especially at the state level, but um, the Iowa Catholic Conference does provide us information at the federal level as well, you need to go to their website. Uh, Tom, share that and how they can stay connected uh, with your action alerts. Well, we would love to get people signed up for our legislative network. And the easiest way for people to do that is go to our website at iowacatholicconference.org. And if you go to that website, you'll see a little button that's kind of in the upper upper right that says join the network uh, or take action. If you click on either one of those buttons, join or take action, uh, you'll have a place where you can sign up to get our newsletters regularly. And so certainly during the legislative session, uh, you'll get a newsletter at least once a week with additional action alerts and maybe a little less often during other parts of the year. Um but you'll get a lot of information about what the concerns of the Catholic Church is in the legislature and in Congress and what's going on with all the Supreme Court pieces, those sorts of things. So we encourage people to sign up for that. We'd love to have a lot more people on our list. I mean, we have thousands on it right now, but we'd like to do better in the state. And so I encourage people to visit our website at iowacatholicconference.org and you know, click on Join the Network and become a part of what we're doing. And Tom, I, I'm, I'm plugging your organization. You know, I always do. But it's, yep. it's one of those that that nothing irritates me more than getting emails every day from some source. And I end up just trashing them or unsubscribing because I can't keep up with every nuance of every action every day. Yours, you send me things that are important especially during the legislative session, like you said, about once a week. So if I get something from you, I'm going to read it. And then during the rest of the year, I'm going to read it. I know that I'm not just going to be rehashing what you sent me the previous day. And so therefore, we'll close it out. So iowacatholicconference.org, folks, it's it's great. We need to take our last break. And when we come back, we're going to look at the other uh, issue that the legislature or excuse me, that the Supreme Court acted on, and that is related to discrimination in the workplace. 
and how it's going to impact or potentially impact um, all of us. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for your support of Dowling Catholic Sports 365. Construction Professionals is a family-owned business dedicated to our customers. Whether designing, building, or renovating, we are here to better serve you. Our passion for quality craftsmanship, paired with our dedication to creativity, result in a home that reflects your personality, style, and family function. Construction Professionals. Design. Build. Renovate. cpcustomhomes.com. From our family to yours. God bless. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. The coronavirus has impacted lives in Iowa and around the world. This is especially true in rural South Africa, where COVID-19 restrictions have led to vulnerable children being hospitalized due to starvation. To combat this hunger, Blessman International now offers a program called One Child at a Time. You can sponsor a child in South Africa for $1 a day. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. Blessmaninternational.org. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics. Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you. Online at mercydesmoines.org. Did you know you have a choice in your child's education? Smaller class sizes, dedicated teachers, a sense of community, and a caring learning environment. Whether it's in the classroom or at home, Diocese of Des Moines Catholic Schools deliver the best value in education. And we offer tuition assistance to help you afford it. Learn more about how the Catholic schools in the Des Moines Diocese might be the right choice for your child. Visit dmdiocese.org schools. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Partial support for Catholic Women Now comes from injury attorney Fred Haas. When Iowans have been injured through no fault of their own, in a car, truck, or motorcycle accident, harmed in a work-related injury, or suffered injury due to negligence of others, Fred Haas has been on their side to help recover from financial, physical, and emotional loss. Fred, double D, Haas, double A. Online at fredhaas.com. The Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and my guest today is Tom Chapman. Tom is the Executive Director for the Iowa Catholic Conference, which means his bosses are four bishops. How would you like that? Yeah, pray for me, will you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I um, I don't know our other three bishops very well. They all seem like wonderful men, prayerful men. Uh, Bishop Johnson is a delight to work with from my perspective. Um, so I think you have a, a fabulous job. 
uh, yeah. to be able to have very... conversations with them about issues that really are important to every one of us. Yeah, I've been very blessed over the years I've gotten to work with. And so I, uh, they're great to work for, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about this last issue, um, the Supreme Court. Um, well, before we talk about that, are, are, are they going to, um, is their session about done? Because it seems like we're getting issues resolved um, left yeah. and right, where they're starting to come out with decisions. Yeah, typically the U.S. Supreme Court gets all their decisions out by June 30th um, for the summer, and then they come back with arguments in the fall. This year, because of COVID, there were so many things piled up that they actually have some additional decisions which will be released. We're not sure when, but over the next couple of weeks. Uh, there's, you know, there's still a couple ones that are out there that are kind of, there's a religious liberty one um, related to uh, the Little Sisters of the Poor that's still out there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we'll be watching for some of those, um, but we're just really not sure when that's going to come yet. So let, let's talk about this um, discrimination in the workplace related to the LGBTQ. Um, if you would just do a recap of what that um, the case was that was before the Supreme Court. Yeah, there were several cases that were kind of put together. One case was about a man that worked for a funeral home, and he decided that he was a woman, so he decided to dress as a woman, and he got fired. And so that was really one of the two uh, cases that the Supreme Court really decided on that. And the Supreme Court said, well, if you permit certain things, you know, by a woman, you must permit by the same things by a man. So if you allowed a woman to dress like a woman, you had to allow a man to dress like a woman. That was the decision. Um, so it really encompassed everything. I think that people um, kind of in the LGBTQ community were hoping for and, and really took in all of those concerns and said that they're protected because there is a federal law that bans sex discrimination in the workplace. And so the court took on um, issues of gender identity and sexual orientation to be considered as sex discrimination. So that was the, uh, the decision at the federal level. They did say, um, obviously, that there would be, they realized that there would be some religious liberty concerns for some organizations and said, we're going to have this finding anyway, you know, that's going to have to be worked out later. And so here in Iowa, you know, it raises the question. And one thing people need to remember is that we have had a very wide ranging sexual orientation and gender identity protection law in Iowa's civil rights code since 2007. So everything basically that was being asked for at the federal level, we've had that in Iowa since 2007. So what's the impact? Well, one thing that they did do in 2007, which they explicitly said that bona fide religious institutions, um, you know, are kind of exempted from some of the requirements of that civil rights law. And so in that case, um, you've got, you know, certainly organizations specifically like churches, and schools, you know, that are religious really are exempted from a lot of that law. But in general, that law has been in place for, you know, 13 years now. So if a an individual that worked for a religious organization who was transgender and decided to come to that work environment dressed 
in as opposite from their biological gender, what rights do they have in Iowa and what rights do the employer have? Well, they would have the right not to be fired for that, generally speaking. Um, so if they got fired for that, they should have a very good court case to be reinstated. Um, in, in the Iowa. case of a religious institute in Iowa, yeah. Well, actually all across the country now, entirely mm -hmm. across the country and in Iowa. The only uh, question I think that would come up now is, is this, does this person work for a religious organization? And what religious liberty concerns would come to bear on that situation? And that's going to have to be decided in the courts at this point. I'm thinking in particular in our schools and the influence that a teacher has on the young minds of our, our students. And, you know, what responsibility does that school have to make sure that the students are not being unduly influenced in uh, to shape their their understanding of sexuality right i mean i think you i think you're going to have an argument that um very possibly would stand up in the sense that as a religious institution there is a first amendment that has free exercise implications that you could win that type of a court case um i think that's a possibility i mean you know, in one sense, you know, other organizations aren't expected to hire people who are not on board with the mission. And so uh, some of those things are going to come into play. It does. I think it's definitely going to mean for more litigation. There's no doubt in, in about that. The U.S. Supreme Court said, yeah, there's going to be more litigation in this area as we figure out how this goes. But the decision itself was very clear. I mean, if you permit something by a woman, you have to permit it by a man who considers himself to be a woman. Um, that was the, uh, you know, argument. That's the logic behind it. So we'll just have to, you know, see how that's going to work out. Never a dull moment in your world, is there? <laughs> it's always something. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it makes it interesting. And we're going to get through all of this. You know, I know people, you know, look at live and die by some of these Supreme Court things and worry about the pandemic. But, um, you know, the church is going to be there for people. We're, we're going to make it through. Mm -hmm. Well, Tom, I want to thank you for joining me today. Folks, again, go to iowacatholicconference.org. Uh, sign up to, um, you know, to get their newsletters or action alerts so you can stay up to date with good, solid information on these issues that are impacting our lives. Tom, we'll see you in a year. Okay, hopefully sooner. Good to talk to or you. Or hopefully sooner, yes. Yep. Uh, thanks also to my producer, Jimmy Olson. And on a personal note, folks, I ask you to pray for the repose of the soul of my mom. She passed away this morning. Um, there are not tears. My mom lived to be 97 years old, and she was a prayerful woman. She prayed the rosary every single day. So I ask you, as you're praying your rosary today, to offer it up for her. Um, and she will most likely play, pray it right along with you while she is uh, enjoying life with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please keep her in your prayers. Today, I'm asking St. Thomas More, the patron saint of civil servants, court clerks, government employees to intercede for us, to elect those who are morally upright and respect all life from conception to natural death. St. Thomas More, 
great for us. Thank you for joining me today on Straight Talk. We are on the air because of your prayers and generosity. Thank you so much. Please consider a tax-deductible gift and go to iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk is every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, but always available on podcast through the Iowa Catholic Radio free app. Stay tuned now for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless you all. Straight Talk, where you get answers to tough issues impacting your life. Listen anywhere at any time via podcast at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk, heard every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and replayed at 10 p.m. only on Iowa Catholic Radio.